Welcome into the PHNX Cardinal Podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always by the GM, Saul Bookman in studio. Saul, how are you doing on rainy Wednesday in the Valley? Dude, it's first of all, it is cold as hell out here in the valley today. And if you walk in between our two buildings, you know how we have like the the conference room across the 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 courtyard and our actual building. It's like a fucking frozen corridor of wind uh. just blasting through there. Uh, it's not fun, and I want to move. <laughs> the question is to where uh because typically this is like the perfect time of year the ideal climate uh we get spoiled with our weather uh especially in january february march True. so when we have rain like this today it makes us, it I, well. makes me sad it makes me sad and so we have to I do, I, I do like cloudy days though cloudy days are mm-hmm. I, I, I do love me a good cloudy day because you know, you can you can do anything you want in a cloudy day. You can go golf. You can be outside, chilling outside, smoke a cigar. You can do it. The, the possibilities are endless. That's true. There are probably people, you know, we're, we're doing this at 3 p.m. Mountain time, probably teeing off right now. Ideal climate, right? If you can trudge through the, the weather, we're going to trudge through a, a different kind of climate, a redraft climate, if you will. And Saul, what spurred this for me was yesterday during our discussion about the Cardinals and their draft philosophy that by all counts is not very good. It's off, right? We talked about Isaiah Simmons and we talked about that 2020 draft and how you mentioned Isaiah Simmons went from, you know, solid first rounder, had a really good national championship game once upon a time, I believe against Alabama and basically vaulted up people's boards to a top one to three prospect after the combine. Yeah. A million percent. He was by and large, the best all around player available in the draft. Yeah, and we all know him for that, and that's why so many people were excited when we when we got Isaiah Simmons. Like, there's not a Cardinal fan out there that can possibly tell you that they were disappointed outside of them possibly wanting a wide receiver to 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 go with Kyler Murray. But obviously, we know that they rectified all that, so it didn't matter. They got Hopkins the month before, and I think that I remember seeing tweets after the 2020 draft that said no team had an infusion of more talent in the offseason than in two picks in the Cardinals getting Isaiah Simmons and DeAndre Hopkins and how much of a game changer that was going to be for this franchise. And, you know, mixed reviews so far on Simmons. We'll get to the redraft here in a second. Hopkins, of, of course, has been phenomenal. But, you know, you think back to that to that offseason, and it was really the jumping off point for trying to set the stage for, okay, Cardinals are back. They've survived Kyler Murray's rookie year. He's really good. So let's get him good players around him. Let's, let's you know, jump headfirst into the playoff mix. And this draft to me was, okay, hopefully this is the last time the Cardinals are going to have a top 10 pick, you know, long in the near future. Make the most of it. And so, uh, and I misspoke earlier, uh, they had, Clemson actually played LSU, of course, with Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and, and Jamar Chase. Goodness, what a... What a group of uh, talented individuals on display Ridiculous. in that game. But Ridiculous. this this 2020 draft was, was star-studded, and we're going to redraft the first top 10 picks. And if you need a quick refresher into what that looks like, we've got this here. Uh, of course, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals, seem destined to be, uh, after that natty, being a homegrown, uh, <laughs> homegrown Ohio kid. 
Chase Young, freak show out of Ohio State, went to what is now the Commanders, was the Washington football team. Jeff Okuda, Ohio State, Andrew Thomas, Georgia. Tua, Saul Tua from Alabama, went fifth overall. And then, you know, coincidentally, Justin Herbert right after him, the Chargers out of Oregon. Uh, Derek Brown, Carolina Panthers, kind of a, you know, low ceiling, high floor kind of guy. I remember the Cardinals having some interest. He went out of Auburn. Of course, Simmons from Clemson. C.J. Henderson was a corner. I think he went to the University of Florida, and then Jedrick Wills was the tackle, protecting to his blind side um, at the University of Alabama. So when you look at that top 10, what stands out to you? First of all, you're doing your best Joey B. impression. I appreciate that. There's a reason what, for that. There's a reason for that. Well, all right. We'll get to that in a second. When you, when you look back at that top 10, what stands out to you the most? Um, how how I mean the quarterbacks you can't really dispute the quarterbacks so much like I know we want to crap on Tua but Tua by and large has been he's been okay he hasn't yeah. been great he hasn't been terrible he's just been okay that's probably the the more significant move right there is that there was that debate Tua or Justin Herbert the the Dolphins chose poorly that's just like they is. do historically yeah I mean at that at the time, the Lions had Matthew Stafford, and a Washington football thing, team had um, goodness, who is the bus they took out of Ohio State a couple of years ago? The quarterback, they the year before they took uh, Kyler, who's in Kyler Murray's class, uh, not Cardell Jones, but the other Ohio State quarterback. They took him the year before, so they thought we're good. We don't need a quarterback. And then you, Andrew Thomas was supposed to protect Daniel Jones. So those three teams in particular, when I look at that two, three, and four, talking themselves out of a Justin Herbert or a Tua at the time was one of the more egregious things I remember seeing. Agreed. Uh, and then agree. I, I also think back to, okay, I want a bunch of good players to fall to the Cardinals. Let's hope that, number one, the three quarterbacks go, and then we all just assumed Chase was going to go, so there'd be a bounty for the Cardinals to pick from. So without further ado, Saul and I are going to redraft the top 10, okay? And probably to nobody's surprise, some of these players, a lot of these players, aren't running it back in the top 10. Saul is going <laughs> to have the odds. I'm going to have the evens, which means I cherry-picked the Cardinals pick at eight. Which I was I'm conned. Sure every, I was conned. Everybody will agree with that. Dwayne Haskins, everybody reminding me in the chat that Washington took him, and that Oof. was an unmitigated disaster. He was taking like selfies with Walmart. Fans. It's like a Walmart Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he uh, he was fantastic uh, in that one year at Ohio State, but um, just terrible. He had like fifty touchdowns that one year. Okay, so without further ado, Saul, you're on the clock. Cincinnati Bengals first overall. What are you doing? Come on now. I got I put the sunglasses on for a reason. We know where we're going. It's gonna be Joey B, Joe Burrow. I mean, listen, obviously he has the Super Bowl run, but he was really, really good his rookie year prior to uh tearing his ACL. Um yeah. and he, he, listen, he he has the the mental fortitude and composure to play at a very, very high level. And I would even argue with, you know, that he didn't even play his best football in the playoffs this year. Um, so I just think the, the sky's the limit for that guy. Uh, and he just, he comes with that swag. He had the swag while he was at LSU. He brings it to Cincinnati. You need a franchise quarterback. You got to go with Joey Burrow. 
I am going to keep tabs on our picks for everybody. If you're jumping on uh, Saul, first overall pick, the Bengals take Joe Burrow. Uh, no surprise. Although, you know, you and I talked off air. I wonder after that injury that he sustained as a rookie and then watching Justin Herbert, if they had maybe some reservations because Herbert is, in my opinion, a better athlete at the quarterback position. Maybe Burrow has it, the it factor that you can't quantify that guys like Brady and other people have. But I just, I wonder up until this season, like, were there some regrets there? I don't know. It's it's kind of like, um, let me think of a, of a good quarterback to compare to Joe Montana. Let's just say Joe Montana versus Steve Young. Yeah. Okay. I'd rather have Joe Montana because that guy is cool as shit under pressure. I remember a story about Joe Montana, two minutes and 13 seconds left to go in the Super Bowl against the Cincinnati Bengals, ironically. Yeah. And they get into the huddle and he looks at his center who was, uh, oh man, I forgot what his name, Cross. Yeah. Um, and he says, oh, hey, look, John Candy's in the third row eating popcorn. Yeah. I remember this story. In the Great biggest story. moment of the year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's Joe Burrow. That's what Joe Burrow would do. It's an easy pick now. Uh, they were a quarter. They were leading the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, whatever the hell Super mm-hmm. Bowl it was this year, like late into the fourth quarter. And will they get back? That ownership's dicey, but uh, he is clearly the real deal uh, on, on, on his way to becoming a, you know, a franchise great uh, for that franchise. All right. I think this pick is obvious. I'm going Justin Herbert to the Washington football team that's now, what the hell, the commandos, the commanders, uh, going commando. <laughs> but you said you had a, a, a player that I should consider outside of Justin Herbert. I'm anxious to hear who that is um, because I feel like Herbert broke all the rookie touchdown records, rookie of the year, um, grossly underutilized at Oregon now, as we've seen in the NFL, just being a big-time passer a detriment, I think, in an indictment to that Oregon program. They didn't let him throw more. I remember in the Rose Bowl, he was like running a lot. And then he comes out and just rips shit up every Sunday for the LA Chargers. I think it's a no-brainer, number two overall. What what are your thoughts on that? Because you, you I like mean, some I, I I I get it because they haven't had a good quarterback since, right? Yeah. However, um, you couldn't have gone wrong with Chase Young. You really couldn't have. Because Chase Young is just a freak at the defensive end position. Like, yeah, I agree. He's a he's a rare breed type. But again, you're talking about quarterback, the preeminent position in football. You gotta cover your bases. I agree with that pick. I I think Chase Young is the best non quarterback of this class so far. Uh, he's he's in the running every year now for defensive player of the year. Um, I just think. You saw what the ceiling was when you have poor quarterback play, even with a great defensive end in Washington this year. They were awful, whereas mm-hmm. I, they haven't made the playoffs yet. But the Chargers are very viable with Justin Herbert, despite you know their head coach going for it on every fourth down. So what the hell is their name? The Commanders? Commandos? Number two, Justin Herbert. That's my pick. Saul, you are on the clock. Detroit at number three. Well, now let's let's keep in mind if we're redrafting 2020, then we're going by 2020 scenarios and rules, right? Yes. So we still have Matthew Stafford in the fold. Yeah. You draft Chase Young to firm up the other side of the ball, and now we're talking playoffs. We're talking playoffs because you got Chase Young. Like that's so. okay. that's who I would draft. Originally, they had drafted Jeff Akuda, cornerback from Ohio State. Eh, nice pick. He's okay, but Chase Young is a game changer. 
It's an easy one. Uh, these are the three best players in this class, I think, so far. Uh, with some guys to be in the argument, we'll get to those here in a second. But I, I'm with you, Chase Young, generational pass rusher. You you wonder because they had Bosa the year before that being Ohio State, and everybody's like Bosa's the real deal, and he was. But then Chase Young comes onto the scene, and everybody's like, they Lightning can't strike twice again. They can't have back to back elite. Pass rushers go too. Oh, well, yes, they, they did. <laughs> and they they both won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, he is um, the the one of the most supremely gifted players in the NFL right now. And to me, that's a no brainer. Um, this next pick is is dicey because I the Washington Washington was this Washington football team. The New York Giants are a dumpster fire organization. Their picks are are laughably bad. Dave Gettleman, terrible general manager. To, to me, this is where kind of always the draft started because we knew that, okay, you know, the Lions, you, you figure we're, we're going to take Jeff Okuda. Um, the Washington football team loved Chase Young. We, we knew Burrow would go first. So what were the Giants going to do? And would they take one of the Cardinals tackles that I assume the Cardinals wanted? Did they like Isaiah Simmons? Well, they ended up taking Andrew Thomas, who's been okay, who's awful mm-hmm. his first year, tackle, guard out of Georgia, um, you know, SEC standout. I think they run it back with a tackle to protect Daniel Jones, but this time they take the ready-made player from the University of Iowa, Tristan Wirfs, who I think is he, – he was one of the best prospects ever at the position coming out, and I can't believe he fell as far as he did all the way to Tampa, who eventually would win a Super Bowl with him in his first year. You think about that program with Kirk Ferentz. They just breed elite offensive linemen, and this kid – was a, uh, I believe, a collegiate wrestler and a high school uh, wrestling state champion. Though wrestlers make the best tackles, and he he would have infused a toughness and athleticism up front that the Cardinals just don't have. So it pained me that they passed on him in this scenario. He goes fourth overall to the New York Giants, and the Cardinals don't even don't even sniff Tristan Wirfs. I agree. I, I love that pick. Um, and had you not taken Tristan Wirfs. I would have taken him with this next pick. However, you did, and now I'm stuck because I'm a franchise <laughs> that doesn't know what the fuck I'm doing yes. uh, in the Miami Dolphins. Uh, okay. Apparently, I like to take quarterbacks for no reason, uh, and instead of picking Tua Tonga Vailoa, which is the original pick from 2020, <laughs> and here we go with the, with the switcheroo, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts. I'm going to take Jalen Hurts. Oh, my God. I'm going to take Jalen Hurts because he's a more athletic version of Tua Tungavailoa, and he's got a little bit of a better arm, and he's consistent. He's more consistent. I I like that pick a lot. People are are going to disagree. I think Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback. I think you can win with him. Uh, It is so ironic that he left Alabama. He got taken in the second round. No one was even considering him. A lot of people thought he was overdrafted by – the, the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. and now he is replacing Tua in a mock draft when Tua probably goes in the second or third round. At least I wouldn't take Tua in the first round. Um, I really like that pick. Um, I can tell you what else I really like, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And Hoop fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NBA is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs 360, windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets. If they win, it's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win just in time for the NBA second half. 
to tip off tomorrow night, Thursday. It's a call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. Bet just $1, get $150 in free bets. It's that simple. 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customer only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. It's also, to your point, the quarterback tax where you have to overdraft. And there are people probably thinking to themselves, well, in a scenario, could what could you even get for Jalen Hurts as compared to like Justin Jefferson or CeeDee Lamb? The quarterback matters the most. It's the only position in Vegas that's worth more than a point one way or the other. So at the end of the day, it's why Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be coveted this offseason, why Carson Wentz will still have a market. Jalen Hurts has showed a lot of promise. You came out of left field with that. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that. Listen, if we're going to redraft, we're going to redraft. And we're going to switch some shit up. Uh, There's a couple other picks I have that I feel like uh, I only got two more picks left. Uh, But uh, I I feel feel really good. I I feel really good about the the next two. But go ahead. All right. So there are a couple obvious players remaining. This is difficult because we're thinking about the Chargers at pick six. And at the time of this, they had Mike Williams and they had Keenan Allen, both of which They've had up until this point. I think Mike Williams is a free agent this offseason. I can't in good conscience take CeeDee Lamb or Justin Jefferson. Nor should you. I just can't do it. Um, Partially because my passing game is going to be shit now because I don't have Justin Herbert anymore. Um, So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. This is kind of like flavor of the month. I'm going to do Trayvon Diggs, cornerback from the University of Alabama, who made a Pro Bowl this year, led the league in interceptions for the Dallas Cowboys. He reminds me, once upon a time, there was a cornerback who got burnt a lot but had a lot of interceptions, Antonio Cromartie. The Chargers are awful in their secondary. They have no quality corners to speak of. Chargers, six, get Trayvon Diggs. Hmm. Who was in, we go back-to-back picks that went in the second round that have vaulted into the first round, in fact, the top ten. What are your thoughts on that? Not Antoine Winfield, huh? I corner. Give me a corner before safety. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I, I mean, I can't, I can't hate on it. I, I do like that pick. Yeah. That's, 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 that's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. We're well, in good shape here for the Cardinals, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. But I'm about to make it not so good shape right now. Okay. Don't you, since don't you, you did care. not take a receiver, the Carolina Panthers, though they have no quarterback to throw to a receiver, uh, have no choice but to take somebody at a skill position. Uh, and in this case, I'm taking the one, the only, Justin Jefferson at number seven. He's a better receiver than C.D. Lamb, in my opinion. He's a little bit longer. He's a little bit quicker. I like his overall game. Uh, that's why he was NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. <clears throat> He's going to the Carolina Panthers in their stupid run-heavy offense. <laughs> it's one of the best draft picks to to ever be taken in the 20s and considering how he started his career is the 22nd overall pick the philadelphia eagles in that draft took jalen rager a pick before good hell uh that's that's almost as bad as um as tua over herbert higgins or excuse me jefferson to me it emphasizes how good that lsu team was with heborough and chase young the fact that all three of those guys not only are great at the NFL level, they're elite already in their first two years and were elite yep. as rookies. So um, that that would have been my pick had you gone a different way. Now we're getting down to brass tacks, and 
I love this organization, this Cardinal franchise that we follow. I am not going to start, you know, a tire fire here by going in Antoine Winfield or maybe Jonathan Taylor, right? Those are the only other names I think that have made a Pro Bowl since then. You got to go CeeDee Lamb. Eighth overall pick, Arizona Cardinals. You could make an argument maybe for one of the other tackles if you wanted to. You could make an argument. I, I don't even know. Like, there are a lot of good receivers in this class, too. Like, T. Higgins went at the top of the second round. Um, I like Brandon Ayuk at 25 for the Niners. I think he's going to be good next year. So many good receivers that we completely just, just not even – didn't even, didn't even consider, but I'm going to consider, and I'm going to select CeeDee Lamb, reuniting him with Kyler Murray. No Isaiah Simmons anymore, but the good news for the Cardinals is your general manager loves to take linebackers, so maybe they'll just take a linebacker every other round now. But in all seriousness, CeeDee Lamb, Oklahoma teammates with Kyler Murray, you reunite him with the, in the desert right now. Maybe, and we've talked about this, you're not having the issues you're having right now as it relates to, to Kyler Murray if CeeDee Lamb ends up a Cardinal, but... He and Hopkins for the next five to seven years. Sign me up for that. You can't. You can't go wrong with that, especially after we see you know what what the performances of Isaiah Simmons has been so far. Also, yeah. Cliff has more control over what you know C.D. Lamb is going to do in the offense versus what Isaiah Simmons is going to do on the defense. So yeah, I, I do. I do like that pick. Um, you know, you you could have gone with. Uh, I think it was a uh, Wills as an yeah. offensive tackle. Wells, it's not, yeah. not too bad, but. Um, it's a solid pick. You can't go wrong with that one for sure. So you're on the clock now. The Jacksonville oh, yeah, Jaguars, who once upon a time took C.J. Henderson, I, is he, I don't even think he's on the team anymore. I think he's in Carolina now. Yeah, it, that, you talk about a missed pick. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to miss with this next pick because we're setting ourselves up for the future, baby. We don't have a quarterback for shit, okay, because we haven't drafted Trevor Lawrence yet. But we know he's coming because <laughs> we're going to be awful next year. We're going to be real bad. So, so if we're going to be awful next year, we might as well have an additional piece to help our young quarterback out. And we're going with Jonathan Taylor at number nine oh my, oh my God. at running back oh because he is the future of our franchise. <laughs> Potential MVP candidate, Jonathan Taylor. Plus, if we take Jonathan Taylor, then those crummy Colts can't take John Jonathan Taylor. That's and that's a win-win for everybody. That's true. And you know what? Jags took uh, Leonard Fournette top five once upon a time. This is very on brand for the Jaguars. Oh, so on and brand. I, what I will say is I think Jonathan Taylor's great. I also think the Colts offensive line when healthy is really good. So who knows if he'd have that kind of success. But maybe it's maybe it's Fred Taylor 2.0 down in Jacksonville. And, you know, for that organization, you just need players to get excited about. And he's an exciting player. So I I you, like that pick. You could have gone with a tackle as well. Um, yeah. You know, Mackay Becton was there, Jedrick Wills, as, as we mm. talked about. But I want, I want to take a little gamble. Oh, I want to put a little relish on my hot dog today. I like it. It's interesting. It's interesting. So you mentioned – so a bunch of the tackles are still available. Jedrick Wills is still available. Mackay Becton, like, missed most of this year. He's got a little bit of a, little bit of a weight problem, as people thought he could have coming into the league. So I think he ends up falling – the Browns, to me, I think that their roster is so deep now, even though they have no quarterback, you could go a lot of different directions. I am going to go Antoine Winfield Jr. just because this is a luxury pick at this point. Um, he, I think he had a better rookie season than last year, but still, you know, Hall of Fame. Um, or did, did his dad make the Hall of Fame? I think he, his dad, Antoine Winfield, is in the Hall mm -hmm. of Fame. But he's tremendous player. 
um, fits that Cleveland culture to a T. Somebody from the Midwest that will be able to come in and, you know, grow in that secondary with all the other great players that they have. I think that if a Justin Jefferson, if a CD Lamb were, which have fallen, that would have made sense. You know, Taylor to me with Kareem, with uh, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, probably not. Um, this was an area where if Jalen Hurts doesn't go five, does Jalen Hurts go 10th overall to, to the Cleveland Browns, considering, you know, how poor Baker Mayfield has looked last year and banged up. And yeah, But at, at that time, did. remember, 2020, he was yeah, still kind of on, on the rise. So, Well, that that is it for the top 10, and that is it for the notable Pro Bowlers, some names that we left off the list. I mentioned T. Higgins. Uh, the Bengals got him at pick 33. He is a superstar. I love T. Higgins. I wish the Cardinals would have taken him. Uh, he's a name to watch uh, in the coming years alongside, of course, Man, Jamar in back Chase. In back-to-back years, the Bengals drafted T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. That's how you Jesus. doing, man. Jesus. And you know what? They didn't do UMass garbage, and they didn't do Iowa State. They said, here's a guy from LSU. He's really good. Here's a guy on Clemson. He's really good. I watch him in the Final Four and in the National Championship games, and they kick ass. And the Cardinals are like, hmm. Brandon Williams, these small school guys. Let's get really – how cute can we get with We're smarter than everybody, so we're going to go with this uh, six-foot wide receiver out of SMU that nobody's ever heard of, and he was riding the bench the most of the year, but don't sleep on his speed. Don't sleep on it. He'll translate really well to the next level. You don't know who he is, but trust us, we do. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to try to do my best to get uh, a graphic up of our picks next to the actual top ten picks. So a little project for this week. Uh, Jalen in the chat says 49ers back-to-back years took Debo and Ayuk. Absolutely. Yep. Helped him get to the NFC title game. The Cardinals, they made a mistake. They should have taken CeeDee Lamb. Uh, I, I wasn't pro or against it. It was uncontrolled wisdom at that time. You can make an argument now. You don't need one elite receiver. You need multiple to be able to get to and compete for a championship. The Rams you had it. A, you need at least two. Yeah. You need at least two. And the entire time, this is the thing about the the Hopkins era too. If you have Hopkins, we saw it much of the same with Larry Fitzgerald. If you have one elite receiver, but you don't have two, then you really have none mm -hmm. because you need that other guy to, to, to balance things out. So your number one can be as effective as he is. Yeah. That's, that's where the Cardinals sit right now. And think about the best Cardinal teams of this era, Bolden, Breston, Fitzgerald, mm -hmm. uh, Michael Floyd, John Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, right? Hopkins needs a running mate. Now, we're, we're both high on, on Rondell Moore, and we think he can be really good, but they still need another outside alpha receiver. Uh, Henry Smith says, has anyone had a better two-year draft class than the Bengals? Burrow, Chase, and Higgins all in two years. So, yeah, You're just hitting home runs at that point. I, I, th I think, and I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the 49ers in the 80s drafted Rice and Taylor in back-to-back -back years. That sounds right. Mm -hmm. That would be the only other duo that I can recall in back-to-back -back years being that phenomenal. This just makes me sad because, like, the Cardinals have had so many high picks in, in years prior, and they've had opportunities to do this. It takes just two good off-seasons, two good drafts, and you are a contender. And the Cardinals finally hit on the quarterback. Right. And this is the comparison I gave to you before we went on air. The uh, Carolina Panthers in 2011 took Cam. Then the next year they came back and they got Luke Keekley in the 2012 draft. And that's what I thought the Cardinals were getting. I said, OK, they got their star quarterback. 
unconventional running quarterback. Now they've got this hybrid alpha SEC linebacker. And for whatever reason, you know, Isaiah Simmons did not make the top 10. I still think he is probably saw a first round pick in this class. I'm sure based on his tape, his athleticism alone, somebody competent like a Pittsburgh, for instance, at, you know, I think they ended up picking, I don't even know, they didn't have a pick because they traded away. Let's say like Baltimore, pick 28, Tennessee at pick 29, the Vikings pick 31, like those teams would would look at Isaiah Simmons like he's a 100-plus tackle guy, multiple turnovers, multiple sacks, a season guy in our scheme. We'll take him. I still think he's a first-round pick. Do you agree with that? I, I still think he's a first-round pick. And I and I would say this. you know, Let me talk you off the ledge a little bit there, Johnny. Okay. Please do. Uh, we saw what happened um, when we had Hassan Reddick in the wrong system for uh, quite a while, and yeah. then they put him in the right system, right? Um, and I don't know if Vance Joseph is is necessarily running the wrong system um, and if he can fix it himself. But at some point, I do believe that if they find the right defensive mindset, that these pieces that they have drafted will become high-end pieces. I do believe that because they have all the physical traits and skill to play at this level. It's mm-hmm. just how they're being utilized is not as effective as it could be. And I think that's where the problem is. So Vance Joseph and company are probably going back to the drawing board. They're probably trying to figure out how can they utilize the weapons that they've taken in the first round, the last couple of drafts better. And, uh, you know, we just all got to hope cross our fingers that they figure it out because if they don't, they'll be on their way out and there'll be somebody else coming in that hopefully will. Here's the problem too, is you think about Simmons being the eighth overall pick the Seattle Seahawks saw, took a linebacker in the 20s named Jordan Brooks. I think he went to uh, Texas Tech, maybe. He might have been Cliff's recruit at Texas Tech. He had a really good season this year. Uh, I think 10-plus tackles for loss, over 100 tackles. He had a monster Week 18 game against the Cardinals at State Farm Stadium. You see that happen, and then Simmons either doesn't play or he's inconsistent, and you're like, what are we doing here when other teams can yeah. take middling first-round picks, guys you haven't heard of, and they are immediate contributors, and they figure it out fast? I know he didn't have a great rookie. He played really well this year. I think, to your point, it's coaching. It is coaching with so many of these young players that the Cardinals take that other player, other teams, I think, would covet a Byron Murphy. We're going to see now if other teams are going to covet Christian Kirk in free agency. Isaiah Simmons now. Could somebody have made more of Zayvon Collins' rookie year? I have I have questions about this staff's ability to develop a lot of this young talent. Well, it's not only that; it's also like patience. You got to have yeah. patience. You got to know that you're going to take some of your lumps, like you are. But it's going to be better for you in the long run. Like this team was fully capable of winning games while those two learned. I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that. But yes. for whatever reason, uh, the coaching staff opted to go with the immediate gratification as opposed to the long term gratification. And I'm here to tell you, uh, as a man, that never works out. Yeah, uh, we've gone through that scenario time and time again. It was confusing. We're going to ask Steve Kime about that next week while we're at Indianapolis and the NFL Combine. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody, children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. It can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or even dying from the disease. It's safe, free, and highly effective and vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location nearest to you. 
you know, it goes alongside our conversation, Saul, being uh, an infusion of offensive talent, be it a CeeDee Lamb or Justin Jefferson, had they uh, been available in this redraft for the Cardinals. I wrote about it at gophnx.com. You can read about it now, about how the Cardinals have just basically ignored offense since they've drafted Kyler Murray. The only three notables are Rondell Moore, Josh Jones, and Andy Isabella. That's it. Now, I know... You know, they traded a third for Rodney Hudson. They traded a second for DeAndre Hopkins. But they just haven't done enough in the draft finding key pieces to grow alongside Kyler Murray. And then you see these other organizations and the infrastructure they have ready to support a young quarterback, be it a Burrow or a Herbert or whomever. God forbid a Trey Lance in San Francisco. The Cardinals need to do a better job this offseason finding those quality offensive skill players for Kyler Murray to grow with. I love free agency just as much as anybody else. That's Those are Band-Aid solutions. A.J. Green was a Band-Aid solution, right? I hope Rodney Hudson is not a Band-Aid. I hope he can stay healthy. But it's a reason guys, number one, are available. Number two, are expensive, and they get older. The draft is where your team, by and large, is built. Yeah, a million percent. You know, and like uh, they said in the chat, uh, I think Jalen said that. Uh, let me see. Was it Jalen? Yeah, Jalen said argument can be made. You only need one good draft, the 2017 draft, put the Saints in contention for about four years. And it's true. You have yep. one good draft, you bring in an influx of talent, things can change. The Cardinals need some interior line help on both sides of the ball. They yeah. need uh, some skill position uh, players. You can, you could probably hedge your bet that unless a dynamic cornerback comes away, uh, comes your way, um, you can probably opt to go get a better receiver as opposed yeah. to a cornerback. But right now, the Cardinals they need some help, and they need some help quickly, and they need a young influx of talent that's actually going to come in here and 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 be trusted to do some some things on the field, not just sit on the bench. So blows my mind. You, you said bring in talent and have them contribute quickly. It's just, it's taboo under time. It just doesn't happen. Rashad, well, pairing a short that, quarterback that, with shorter weapons is crazy to me. But it's taboo to not do that now. Like in the it, NFL, used to yes. be, it used to be in the NFL or, or in, in the NBA where you can sit guys for a year or two or whatever, let them develop, and then you start to play them. You can't do that now the way the, the, the salary cap is structured, where the payouts are big on the end as opposed to big up front. It used to be these first-round picks were getting huge lucrative contracts at the beginning of their careers. Now they're getting slotted into these, these positions, and you're making you're essentially making money on their performance the first four to five years. Yeah. you got to take advantage of that because if you don't, you're basically just training somebody up for the next team to poach and take. And you can't do that. Not in this, not in today's NFL. You got to use these guys as quickly as possible. And the only way they learn is on the job training. You got to throw them in there. Dude, you hit the nail on the head. Poaching a Hassan Reddick, for instance. The Cardinals figured out what to do with him finally in the fourth year. Carolina Panthers just reaped the benefits of the Cardinals' incompetence. Another scenario that could be unfolding as it relates to the Cardinals' linebacking scenario this offseason is what the team plans to do with Xavier Collins. And I uh, went over to ESPN today. There was an article from our buddy Josh Weinfuss and company. All the ESPN beat reporters opted to pick one player from each team that needed a change of scenery this offseason. Weinfuss said it's Jordan Hicks of the Arizona Cardinals. Hicks asked for a trade last offseason after the Cardinals drafted his replacement in the first round in back-to-back -back years. 
when he didn't get it, he went out and started all 17 games and led the team in defensive snaps, which is just insane, given, Saul, to your point about what happened with Steve Keim. But after going through the last offseason, Hicks, like every player, deserves to be on a team that appreciates him. Clearly, that is in Arizona. I will push back on that. I think the coaching staff appreciates Jordan Hicks. Does the does the executive uh, board, does Steve Keim? That remains to be seen. I think Hicks is back next year. Yeah. I Jordan Hicks should be back next year, but again, mm-hmm. like you can't bring him back if he's going to be your crutch. Yep. You really can't. And you know, if Steve Kahn was really about that life, let's be real. If he was really about that life, he'd he'd have traded Jordan Hicks or he would have cut him. Yeah, for like because a seventh or whatever. Like, like we talked about yesterday, like sometimes you got to force the hand. And if you want Zayvon Collins to be that dude, and he's not getting a lot of run, you cut the dudes or trade the dudes in front of him to make sure that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's a comfort level. It is a crutch because it's like we see it around the NFL. Why don't the, the the Vikings move off of Kirk Cousins? Well, they're afraid of being in quarterback, you know, purgatory where they don't have an answer. Well, the Cardinals should have taken that leap two years ago with Isaiah Simmons and said, Jordan, we think you're a really good player, but we don't think you're going to ever be elite. We took this guy eighth overall and sold to your points. Like, let's see what we have because we think his ceiling and Xavier's ceiling are all pros because that's what you should expect from a pick in the first round, a pick of amongst the top 32 players. And that's not a knock on Jordan. Jordan's a very good player that has exceeded his draft, you know, pick of, I think it was a third round once upon a time out of Texas, but he's also approaching 30 years old. He's getting more and more expensive. The Cardinals have Simmons and Xavier Collins making next to no money by comparison, but yet they're still total unknowns in my opinion. And that's unacceptable. Uh, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with your assessment. Like, there's nothing I can add to that. It's true. <laughs> Absolutely true. And why I think Weinfuss's point was, well, he needs to go where he's appreciated. I think, again, I think he's appreciated in Arizona. I think Kaima will have to force some people's hands this this spring. And, you know, if if they make a trade or they cut him or whatever, I can't imagine he gets cut. But if they trade him away, for instance, and you get a fifth-round pick or something from a linebacking needy team, if Kime doesn't opt to say, I'm, I'm going to go down with my players, then what is he even doing? If I'm going to get fired after this year, I'm going to go out with the guys I took. Because here's the thing. If I want to interview for a GM job again, I got to be able to tell teams that my picks matter, that my picks made a difference, because I'm going to get shit in my face if I go to interview for whomever's opening in the front office, why didn't Xavier Collins ever play? What happened there? What really happened with Isaiah Simmons? We got to get some tape on these guys. I, I'd be really interested to see where everybody's mindset is at. And when I say everybody, I mean like Adrian Wilson's mindset is at right now. Yeah. I, you know, and that's that's something that I've, I've thought about quite a lot. You know, there was a lot of, um, you know, chatter about him possibly going to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to just sit in a room right now with with Adrian Wilson and hear what he thinks about some of these prospects and then see how it unfolded. Because um, I think there's a lot to be said about Steve Kime and his drafting um, record. It's yeah. been kind of 50-50 uh, for the most part, probably maybe even a little bit less than 50-50, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Outside of Kyler, there hasn't really been one offensive draft pick that you've been like, oh, wow. Great. You know what I mean? The closest Rondell is maybe okay. Chase Edmonds in the fourth. Uh, and that was a good pick, but that's not a 
you're, I mean, he's leaving as a free agent. That's not a, that's he, not a and, second contract guy. And he was never a primary ball handler. Like, right. I know he, I know he got that role to begin the season, but we all knew James Conner was that dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, so it's, it's probably I, DJ Humphrey, Saul. It's probably DJ Humphreys who was utterly worthless during his first contract. And then thankfully has come into his own in, in his second contract. But as a rookie, through about 2019, through uh, up until 2019, I mean, they got nothing out of him. Nothing between injuries and inconsistencies. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Daryl's got a good memory. They were either going to take Simmons or Derek Brown. 100%, Daryl. Uh, that shows how much Steve Kime can't draft and develop. Can you imagine if they had taken Derek Brown and over, and let's say Simmons went to another team that utilized him effectively and he became a star? Um, goodness. Derek Brown, nice player. Simmons would have went to Carolina. Simmons yeah. would Simmons would have somehow, some way went to Carolina, and all of a sudden you're looking at one of the best linebackers in the league because Carolina yeah. knows how to use their linebackers. They do. They do. Uh, Jalen says more like uh, 2080. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fun to look back. If you missed our redraft, you can catch it on replay. We'll, we'll also try to get a, a social graphic out here, uh, breaking it all down. But uh, spoiler alert: I took C. Lamb. He fell to me at pick eight. Uh, and then the biggest surprise of the top 10, I think, of our redraft was uh, Mr. Saul Bookman taking Jalen Hurts to the Miami Dolphins, which is just, oh, I mean, John, I, lo- it I love Jalen. No, it wasn't. It was Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, friends. Well, be sure to like, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. Do me a favor. Show a little bit of class. Leave us a five-star review. We're going to be back tomorrow with the great Frank Sanders on PHNX Cardinals Live, 3 p.m. as we prepare for the NFL Combine next week in Indianapolis, less than a week away from hearing from Steve Kime, from Cliff Kingsbury, and then a tease on Friday, gophnx.com as well as on this show. I'm going to have my first three picked of the Johnny 1.0 mock draft for the Arizona Cardinals for Saul Bookman. I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you tomorrow. As I pull up our outro because I'm the producer. Goodbye, everybody.